City Podcast, where we feature the unique individuals and events in our small town. Our guest this week is Tom Devlin, the proprietor of the Monster Museum on Boulder City Parkway. Having just completed a very busy Halloween season, Devlin is on to the holiday season where they are featured in the Christmas Parade. Devlin has a unique entertainment history, having worked in over 100 feature films as a special makeup artist and is famous for creating some of the most iconic monsters ever to hit the screen. His Monster Museum has become a favorite stop for tourists to Boulder City, and he's making his own films on that site. The museum is just more than a scary adventure, however. It's a tribute to the makeup craft, which is in danger of becoming extinct with the advancement of CGI graphics in movies. He spoke with me in November at the Boulder City Podcast Office. Welcome to the Boulder City Podcast. My guest today is Tom Devlin, uh, the proprietor of the Monster Museum here in Boulder City. He's been here almost seven years now, and uh, uh, you know we've all seen the uh, the Ghostbuster uh, <laughs> hearse out front, and uh, it's, it's really a, a big attraction here in Boulder City. So, Tom, thanks for joining us. I'm really interested to hear uh, hear what you're doing here. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. So why don't you give me a little background on, uh, on, on who Tom Devlin is, how, how you got to this position, and, and basically why you chose Boulder City. Um, so it's a little bit of a long-winded story, That's but right. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I started out in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, okay. um, and I was a kid who wasn't really good at school. Mm-hmm. I, I, I struggled when it came to sitting still and paying attention right. and all that stuff, and uh, as a lot of creatives do. And uh, the small town I lived in, East Stroudsburg, was the home of a, a guy named Frank Frazetta. Mm-hmm. And Frank Frazetta created some of the most iconic fantasy art ever, like yeah. Conan the Barbarian, Heavy Metal Magazine. Uh, he, was, he was very responsible for the look of the 70s van craze with all the cool murals right, on the sure. side. And uh, so in like ninth or 10th grade, my art class took a trip over to Frazetta's Fantasy Corner, which was his son's Halloween store. Um, and we went in there and they showed us uh, sketchbooks and stuff of Frank's. Yeah. And I learned, I always loved comic books. Mm-hmm. I loved comics. I loved the early Jim Lee stuff and right. Frank Miller and a- anything um, detailed art. I always really loved. Uh-huh. And I kind of thought maybe I would do comic books for a living, right. you know. And uh, But when I walked in that store and I learned about making physical monsters and, and they introduced me to a guy named Tom Savini. Uh, they gave me some books that, that Tom Savini had written, and he's an effects artist from Pennsylvania. And I, s- I started to see all this, like, the, the art, but alive mm-hmm. instead. Of, and a lot, up to that point, I had seen Freddy Krueger, and I had seen Jason, sure. but I didn't realize what went into that. Yeah. I just thought, that's a guy in a mask. Like, you right. don't, <laughs> and then where'd that mask come from? Yeah. I, you don't think about it. So 10th, 11th grade, I set my sights on Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um and I, for lack, I just I dropped out of high school in eleventh grade, and uh, me and my girlfriend jumped in the truck, drove to Hollywood, and uh, I got a sweet gig on X Files. Okay. I, I started working on X Files before the rest of my class had uh-huh. graduated, and uh, I stayed on X Files for two years. Through that, it started as an internship, and it blossomed into this big career. Uh, where I I got to work on the biggest movies ever in the first two right. or three years of my 
career, I worked on like Red Dragon and Terminator 3, Charlie's Angels 2, like huge blockbuster right. movies. I was a kid. I was like 19, yeah. uh, turning 20. And then in 2002, I started my own company, 1313 FX, mm-hmm. where I created monsters and creatures, character makeup for lower independent films, mm-hmm. lower budget independent films, which is kind of where my heart has always lied. Right. And uh, since 2002, I never really had a boss. I yeah. just worked on my own. And sometimes I get a big project. and then, But, sure. but a lot of times I have uh, what we call small projects, but it's a, a tremendous amount of work sure, right. just for a little bit less time and money. Right, you know? yeah. And um, me and my wife met in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. uh, we were together for about seven or eight years, and we wanted to have kids and mm-hmm. not in L.A. Uh, right. So I took a job teaching in Las Vegas, okay. teaching my craft, makeup uh-huh. effects, which I had done before over the years. And when I, uh, we moved to Las Vegas sight unseen. We never mm. knew we were going to live. We're not partiers. I don't, right. I've never drank alcohol. I don't yeah. uh, gamble for sure. And uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I didn't ever think I would live in Las Vegas, right. but I uh, took that job because it paid well and it was within what I wanted to do. And uh, my, just in a weird way, we wanted to get healthy. So I started reigniting my childhood love of BMX bikes. Okay. So I started riding BMX uh-huh. at Whitney Mesa and my kids who were very young, uh, like five and three or uh, maybe even younger yeah. started racing the BMX bikes as mm-hmm. well. And on Fridays they race here in Boulder city. Okay. So we would come up to Boulder and I'll never forget. My daughter was on a Strider bike and she won her first race. Uh-huh. And I was so stoked <laughs> like a dad would be. Sure. And I was like, let's move to Boulder city. <laughs> and we started driving around the town and I saw a house for rent uh on el camino where i live and and okay. uh there's a giant sign on the garage for rent huge sign and i was like that's our house we <laughs> called it the next day and we moved to boulder city huh. it was the weirdest thing because we moved to vegas to get out of la but we moved to boulder city where we really wanted to raise right. kids and i exaggerated their age because they were only uh i think they were five and two yeah. when we moved here uh-huh. or something yeah very very young uh, they both had done Tiny Tots here, and then yeah. they both have gone into – my son is in second grade and my daughter is in fifth grade right okay. now. Great. And they'll go all the way through. I cannot wait. I, I love the community here. Sure. And uh, about two or three weeks after we moved in to our house that we're in now, uh, I saw this building for rent on mm-hmm. Nevada Highway. Right. And it just looked like it could be – a spot and yeah. I, I called uh, a lot of locals know carol gordon she's mm-hmm. my landlord right. i called her up and she was like a museum that <laughs> sounds great and uh, i had no clue what i was talking about yeah. but we sat down and i explained to her i've done effects and actually she's very familiar with the film industry they've shot some stuff for cannonball run at her house back okay, in the really? day wow. and uh <laughs> so she was excited to yeah. have hollywood come to boulder city uh-huh. and uh Nobody knew Boulder City needed a piece of Hollywood here, but yeah. it's been very cool because I've I, we started very small and it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we've we've got the whole building right. and a couple other buildings on the road there. Right. And, uh, we do the haunted attraction in the in October uh-huh. and big Christmas stuff and and people. It's it's so interesting because this town has so much to offer, but my coming into town they see this weird place and then they go to the hoover dam or they go mm-hmm. to the coffee cup or wherever they go right and on the way back they stop and then we get them yeah. and, and after that they come back over and over and over again because yeah. we're always changing it and okay it's been 
a wild ride. Yeah. But it is, uh, it definitely, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a, a kind of a risky thing to start your own business like that. But, uh, you know, especially something a little bit a little, little bit strange like that but uh, but it's worked out i guess i've always said that my superpower is i can jump into a pool without knowing if there's water like that <laughs> that is the one thing i'm great at right. is uh yeah. is taking a risk yeah so uh at first it was almost more of a hobby like a place to store all sure. my stuff mm -hmm. because we had a big warehouse in la that yeah. we don't have here so yeah. i needed a space for it and uh and that turned into well, this is actually doing good, so let's expand it. Right. And now let's take it pretty seriously. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I, I still do movie work. Uh, I also produce and direct my own films, but the museum is our career yeah, now. Sure. It, it has overthrown. I remember I was still teaching makeup effects while it was open, right. and there came a point where I had to leave that job because the museum was just yeah. doing so well and okay. needed attention. Well, give us a, an idea of, of a, what you're going to see if you come into the museum. Within the Monster Museum, we ha first when you get in there, there's a gift shop mm -hmm. that has all kinds of cool horror memorabilia okay. and monsters and stuff. And a lot of people think you must be a horror buff or a horror fan right. to go in the Monster Museum, but it's simply not true. Mm -hmm. uh, we are an educational museum. Yeah. Uh, my goal is to preserve the art and history of practical effects in movies. Mm -hmm. And for what that is, for people that don't know, practical effects are rubber monsters like Frankenstein. Right, right. Frankenstein, King Kong, sure. Freddy Krueger, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, there, there are people that are iconic that most people don't know of. Mm -hmm. A lot of people know Boris Karloff played the Frankenstein sure. monster. Not a lot of people know the name Jack Pierce, mm -hmm. who created Frankenstein the monster, the Wolfman, uh, the Mummy, Bride of Frankenstein, and designed Dracula's makeup. Like Jack Pierce is the man behind the monsters, okay. and that's who we're there to celebrate. Uh -huh. uh, people like myself who were behind the scenes people, and then uh, it it there's certain things like big leaps from the the makeups on Frankenstein or the Creature of Black Lagoon were very rubber, and then you jump to the late 60s with John Chambers with Planet of the Apes and that stuff starts to move and it comes alive and the the middleman of that is Bud Westmore who created the nose for the Wolfman which was foam latex and there's so many pieces to connect that lead to today's monsters although a lot of modern monsters are becoming CGI and we're losing my right. art my yeah. art is dying and disappearing sure, right and a lot of people say oh they'll always be the independents or the guys that want practical effects right the problem is supply and demand. Yeah. The foam latex, the material we use to make these, is not used in other industries. So right. it's like Polaroid film. Sure, right. At yeah. some point, you can't buy Polaroid mm -hmm. film, no matter how many artists like to right. use it. Right. So uh, I'm trying to keep it alive, what, what we've done and what was done in the past. Like I said, when I was a kid, I didn't know what went into Freddy Krueger's face and, and the glove. Like, right. Kevin Yeager sculpted those makeups, and they're beautiful and... Uh, uh, it's there's there's manufacturers that built that stuff, but they're not corporate. They're guys in their garage, right? Yeah, and that's something that we just try to remind people who might not be privy to it. Sure, sure. And I, I live for 25 years. I've made monsters practically, clay and yeah. plaster and mm -hmm. rubber, and uh, it's just a cool art form that not a lot of people are aware of. Sure, sure. So, what kind of uh, what kind of displays do you have in the museum? Uh, we have everything in the museum. Everything in there is one-of-a-kind works of art. 98% okay. uh, created by myself. Uh -huh. We've, As we've gotten a little more of a reputation, 
we've had a lot of donations. So, mm-hmm. like, I have the original Spider Gremlin from Gremlins 2 okay. uh, that was made by Rick Baker, who's a multi-Academy Award winner. Yeah. I have uh, some Chucky dolls in there that were oh, donated. Really? There's some really cool stuff donated. Uh-huh. Um, I just talked to a guy yesterday who asked if he could drop off the Amazing Jonathan's guillotine. Yeah. Now, Amazing Jonathan was a magician, not a monster maker. Right. But there's so much magic in what we do, sure. it, it totally fits. Right. So there's there's certain items I didn't make, but they're all one of a kind work of art. Yeah. And uh, and it takes you from silent films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have stuff from Phantom of the Opera and Nosferatu that I created uh, in uh, appreciation of Lon Chaney Junior or Lon Chaney Senior, who's mm-hmm. no longer with us, obviously. Right. Uh, all the way up through the most modern characters you can. Uh, find like the predator or, right. uh-huh. or freddy or jason okay. and, and then a lot of my own personal work from my film career which is mostly b movies yeah uh are we have a ton of stuff from my personal career because in my world i do have a very small name that uh i have a cool little fan base of like people that love sure. the the work i've done and right. so they'll come i've had people come from ireland just to see uh, the Ginger Dead Man or the Puppet Masters, right, and it's right. uh, it's pretty cool. Okay, great, great. So um, obviously, the the seasons are, are important. The, the Halloween season, which just ended here, uh, what do you do for Halloween? So for Halloween, we uh, amplify the museum. I always try to add some characters for mm-hmm. the normal regular era uh, hours, right? Or some theming, or I always, I try to change it. Basically, I change a big difference at Halloween. A big difference right around Valentine's Day and a big difference right around our anniversary party, which is uh, like July 4th to 10th. Okay. So I always try to incorporate a change or add a character or change something up at those times. But in October, we add some characters, we make it cool, and then we close at our normal time at 6, but mm-hmm. we reopen at 7 and do a lights out tour with little okay. flashlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point, we remove some of the static props and we put actors in okay. their place uh-huh. so you don't know even if you were just in there two hours prior right. <laughs> you don't know which ones are real and which right, ones right. aren't and it's a really cool effect also in the dark with these little lights it makes it feel so much longer yeah uh, so it's an interesting effect and uh we get a great turnout for that every year yeah we used to do another uh, haunted attraction along with that in a building next door mm-hmm. um i didn't do it this year because i was on the road all all month with uh, other work right um and i think the focus to the museum was a little stronger so mm-hmm. it might stay the way we did it this year right, i think right. it i think it was more i don't know not more successful or it felt more personal though right it, it didn't feel thrown together right okay so tell us about uh, about your movies, uh, and you're making one right now. Yes, yeah, so we're uh, about two years. So this this goes back to like 2006. Mm-hmm. 2006, my wife uh, Lola, she directed her first film, um, which I produced and wrote. It was called Legend of the Sand Squatch. It was okay. about a desert Sasquatch. Uh-huh. We made that in California in Palmdale, uh, and then we did three other films that she directed. Then we had some kids. So around 2011 or 12, we kind of quit making our own movies, and I just was working on other people's. Uh, We had uh, Lily and Cooper, and then they've grown up enough now that I thought it's time to get back to it. Mm -hmm. So I called Lola, and I said, hey, let's do this Teddy Told Me To movie. It's a character I made on a reality show called Face Off about 13 years ago. It's a very popular character. Uh Uh, So I said, let's make a movie about it. 
And she said, I don't want to. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean you don't want to? And she's like, that's your story. You need to tell it. Yeah. You need to direct this movie. And I, I never saw myself as a film director. Exactly. I'm a effects guy. I'm, sure, a, right. I'm a tool to the director. Um, but curmudgeoningly, I, I, was, I wanted to make this movie, so I put it together. And she helped me write it. She helped me write the script. And then uh, we cast it with fantastic cast. And, and I directed this film yeah. about two years ago. We shot it all at our haunted house. Mm -hmm. A uh, little bit in the Monster Museum, but mostly at the Haunted House. And it was the most incredible. I nev I feel like I found my calling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been working very hard at being an effects artist my whole life. Right. But at this moment, I realized, oh, this is what yeah. I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Okay. So that was two years ago. That movie just released on Amazon on the 10th of October. Okay. And it's on its way to Tubi, which is uh, another streaming service. Mm -hmm. um, it's also on... Many other platforms. Yeah. I don't know them all. Google Play, DirecTV, a lot of things. But if you went, if you went to Amazon Prime, you Amazon can find Prime, it. you yeah. can watch. Teddy okay. told me to uh, as a rental, and uh, so it is. After that one, I made another movie called Las Vegas Frankenstein that we uh, shot once again in my little building over there uh, next to the Monster Museum, and we also shot at the Elks Lodge, Boulder City Elks Lodge. I, uh, okay. I became an elk, yep. and uh, <laughs> which is one of the greatest moves I ever made. Yeah. Those people are wonderful. Very friendly, uh, yes. <laughs> and I love being a part of it. I, yeah. I love the family-ness of... Yeah. We didn't, that's the one thing we were missing in Boulder City was a community, yeah, right. and I found it at the Elks. So um, we, uh, we shot some of our movie there, and that was great. They were really good to us. And then I uh, made a film after Las Vegas Frank. And that's on Vudu and Tubi and Apple TV right now. And then we made a movie after that called the called Nameless, mm -hmm. which is supposed to be finished today, editing-wise. Yeah. Uh, the editors, I've gone through three editors on that movie. Okay. But the last one <laughs> is finishing it today. Yeah. And then uh, we made a movie called The After Dark, which we shot all at the, the building over there. And uh, right now we're making a movie called Laughter Face, which is a version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with clowns. Okay. So <laughs> it's it's a very, I feel like we're making some kind of underground art. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite movie. Okay. And so we've recreated almost shot for shot. We rebuilt all the sets, mm -hmm. almost shot for shot, the exact same movie, but with instead of killer rednecks, there's clowns okay. so instead of a hammer to the head you get a pie to the face okay well i've always like been that. scared of clowns so yeah. uh, that fits right in with me it's a funny thing <laughs> so many people are scared of clowns and i don't really understand but it's uh i think they look cool i've always thought they look so cool yeah. so uh, great and, and then you do something at christmas right uh, in conjunction with the christmas parade yeah so um we've made it our own personal tradition that the grinch kind of comes to town uh, in the Christmas parade right. here in Boulder City, mm -hmm. and, the, and which is like the 2nd of December. Right. And then sometime around the 14th or between the 14th and the uh, 24th, we do a Grinch Day at the Monster Museum. Okay. Um, and also we've in started to incorporate a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas. We call it the Frightmare Before Christmas. Okay. And uh, Jack and Sally kind of invade our whole Monster Museum, and we, we string the characters throughout the, uh -huh. the whole experience great um which is fun for kids it's fun for adults they all right everybody loves nightmare before christmas and then on the one day of the month you get to come take your picture with the grinch and that has become our biggest day of the year yeah. it's actually i keep threatening and we we keep missing it 
But next October, hopefully, we're going to do the similar thing, but with Beetlejuice. I want to yeah. do a okay. photo day with Beetlejuice yeah. <laughs> because I think we would have the same reaction as we get to the Grinch. But the same people, we have seen babies yeah. that were in their parents' arms over the seven years become kids now with younger siblings. Yeah, sure. Uh, at right. the, and they come to the Grinch every year and we see them and... Uh, we we have like huge lines. It's 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 fantastic. So it's almost like a, a picture with Santa. You get a picture with the Grinch. the Grinch. And what I love about it is, uh, because of my love and passion for makeup effects, Rick Baker, who uh, won an Academy Award for the Grinch, mm -hmm. uh, we've recreated his makeup pretty much exactly as it was done on right. Jim Carrey. So it's a multi-piece foam latex appliance. We've made things a little easier with the suit and stuff, sure, but right. uh, but. It, it is sellable as the real deal. Yeah. I mean, we I worked at uh, Universal Studios for this 13 day of Grinchmas. Okay. Um, where we did, I would apply nine Grinches and a hundred Who's every day. Wow. And then we'd go into the park and we had little hide holes in like trees and stuff where if their makeup was coming loose or they were tired, they could jump into the tree and we could do touch ups mm. and then they would yeah. go back out. And to see kids believe that they were seeing the Grinch and the Who's, yeah. that's what made me, when we opened the museum, I said, we're going to do a micro version of what we did at, sure, at sure. Universal. Yeah. Um, and that was just a blast. Yeah. So I love it. So, you know, we always hear stories about how long the actors have to sit in a chair to, to apply the makeup. I mean, that must be twice as long when you put, when you put the whole costume on them. Yeah. We've got the Grinch one down super fast yeah. because it's the same guy every sure. year. Okay. Uh, and actually, in the last three years, I haven't even remade the appliance. I just put the same one back on him. Yeah. Uh, he he's a great performer, um, local guy named Bobby Bainfield. Uh, and but typically, if I was making him movie re screen ready, right, that makeup would take about two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, have you have you done those kind of makeup uh, jobs uh, in in your other movies where you work for somebody? When I yes, I have done. Uh, actually, I'm about to do a werewolf movie called Bikers vs. Werewolves uh -huh. here locally in Las Vegas. I work for a company called the Mahal Empire, and we've done the la I've done their last four or five movies. But those are big creature suits. Yeah. Uh, we do four at a time. So there's always four monsters in the uh -huh. movies. They make those four monsters look like a hundred monsters. Okay, but those applications take some time and i have a team of four people working on each one okay. so uh yeah and and the pre-production like we sculpt mold all of the i mean it's going to take 800 pounds of clay to sculpt the werewolf suit right. and then it all has to have fiberglass molds done and then we run foam latex which to run a face in foam latex is tricky but to run a whole body is like there's a small percentage of people that pull it off yeah. you know and yeah, uh, and sure. we we i I had great mentors, so I've been running foam for 20 years, and yeah. it's a, it's that's the kind of stuff that we're working on a documentary right now that we can play at the Monster Museum. There's a mm -hmm. little theater in the end, okay. And uh, I really want to show people how in depth it is when you see a character uh, like uh, Thanos or from he's mostly digital. So much is digital now. Yeah, unfortunately. But uh, like if you watch the Fantastic Four movie with, with Jessica Alba and The Thing, uh, played by uh, Michael Chiklis, um, that is full body foam latex. It's uh -huh. a multi-piece. That's about 1,000 pounds of clay. Yeah. About, I don't know, three <laughs> weeks of 12-hour days of yeah. sculpting. It's so much work went into it. And sure. it's so, 
And then you watch the remake of Fantastic Four that came two years later, and it's a fully digital thing. Mm-hmm. And and it just doesn't hold up. There's right. something tangible about that artwork that is getting lost in the world. And sure. My kids are really into video games. They're yeah, very into right. video games. So I think they can watch the CGI and not see the disconnect that sure, I see. Right, yeah. But I, what I love so much is we just went and saw that Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend Russ Lukic sculpted a lot of the characters. Okay. I, my friend, uh, another friend named Russ uh, was the puppeteer. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's so cool to see those video game characters were all tangible. Right. They were not digital. And yeah. that, what a cool way to go backwards yeah, you know for sure um and and i don't know it's there's just something like it is going to be a lost art at some point yeah unfortunately slipping away yeah the, the cgi is getting so good these days it's hard to even tell yeah sometimes. i mean eventually there won't be actors it'll yeah, just be yeah, right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what part of the actor strike is all about right? yeah there was some <laughs> big big concerns about that yeah. with the actor strike as well as the writer strike right right um but uh you know yeah I'm concerned about that with magazines, too. So. <laughs> I mean, that, that's an uphill battle. Yeah, no yeah. question. So uh, let's get a little philosophical here. What, what kind of primal instinct is there for people to be attracted to something that scares them? I think that there's uh, Wes Craven, who is one of the greatest minds in horror. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I've heard him speak three times, and every time he talks about the roller coaster effect. Yeah. Not everybody loves roller coasters, yeah. but the people that do love roller coasters, you can understand that like, oh my God, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, right. I'm going to die, I'm going to die, oh my, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. I'm not dead, I'm not dead, <laughs> but I'm going to die now. And I'm yeah. going to die, that up and down, yeah. if there's this rising and falling action that, that, that natural butterflies, even if you're riding on a, on a dirt bike, on a good, you know, sure. up and down right. trail or... Um, or, you know, I think it's even as uh, much as so many people talk about their anxiety these days yeah. about how it's hard to speak to somebody in person or it's hard to go in front of a crowd. But what they're missing is that excitement. Like if you can embrace that, the butterflies, yeah. and then the, this wasn't so bad. Yeah. And then, oh, now I'm challenged and it is tough. Yeah. There's something that is is primal about yeah. wanting. I I thrive in putting myself in uncomfortable situations like yeah. that. Like I like that feeling of uh, unease, mm-hmm. which is harder and harder to attain sure, as right. you do it more right. and more, which is why I can't watch a horror film and actually get scared. Sure. And I don't look at a monster and go, oh, God, that's terrifying. I'm yeah. like, no, I see seams here. Right. Or this is really neat, and this is why. you know. And they used actual anatomy from a dragonfly to make this thing look disgusting. Right. But I think, I don't know, there's just something innately about people that that most people enjoy a good thrill right uh but i i worry about that when i hear everybody talking about their and i'm not bashing anybody with anxiety but i think sometimes anxiety is confused for nervousness yeah. like yeah, right. there's a fun to to overcoming that, sure right yeah sure and yeah. uh and i think people forget that well, and also these days there are so many scary things in reality. You know, I mean, yes. how do, how can you make something you know as scary as reality? Is I get sometimes, you know? asked so often if I look at anatomy books, or a lot of people have an injury or something that they want to show me a picture of. Yeah, I don't want to see that. No, I no, certainly no. don't want to see <laughs> dead people. Uh, yeah, like no. I'm, I worked on CSI Miami for three years. Yeah, I never looked in an actual anatomy book. Yeah, we make Hollywood guts. Yeah, like right. our guts. They they should look good. 
for a camera. Sure. Not real stuff's not not entertaining. Yeah, like right. I I have a hard time. I'm not a hunter, and yeah. some of my friends will post pictures of their right. what they got, and <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't like uh, like actual real world stuff. Yeah, doesn't do it for me. Yeah, right. I like werewolves and right. uh, you know Zombies cyclops and, yeah. and <laughs> right. you know. I've uh, I've been zombied out. I've yeah. I've been no, involved really, with yeah. so many zombies. I'm yeah. <laughs> zo- I'm done with zombies. But I still obviously sure for money. I love zombies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, Tom, thanks for joining us. Uh, I, I I have to go visit your place, and I, I urge anybody here in Boulder City who lives here to go look because because a lot of your your uh, visitors are, are tourists. You yeah, know? most of our visitors yeah. are are from out of state, uh, and I'd say fifty fifty stumble upon it or s- sought it out because yeah. they knew about it. The one thing that's been great for us is podcasts and YouTube. Right. Uh, I've made a rule with myself. I will never turn a podcast down. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter how big, how small, a kid in his basement to a nice establishment like sure, this. Right. Uh, and same thing, we have YouTubers that come through the museum. Yeah. And we have several travel YouTubers like Jacob the Carpetbagger and right. Justin yep. Scard, Adam the Woo. These guys have massive followings. Sure. And they come through and they're just making commercials for us. Yeah. So it's been brilliant. And then they, they go and shoot the rest of downtown Boulder City. Right, yeah. And it's, that has been a really cool tool to get our, our word out there. Yeah. But we did do a Boulder City night one night mm-hmm. uh, through the chamber, I think yeah. it was, where we just invited everybody out for free because right. I want them to tell their family members and, and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, we don't run a regular local discount. Yeah. Um, not anymore because it just didn't really amount to enough. Sure. But uh, we do have military discount, and we, I, I would love for Boulder City to come out and see what we're doing because it's not just for horror nights. Sure, right. It is an educational – it's funny. We have these grandma groups that come sometimes, uh-huh. and they're these little old ladies. Right. Not into horror at all, <laughs> but they will spend so much time in there because there's a lot of written information, yeah. a lot of uh, stuff people might not know. Right, right. Well, great. It's great, great to have you here, and, and, and thanks for bringing people to Boulder City as well. I mean, it's, a, it's another tourist attraction here, and the more of them we have, the better. So oh, I appreciate that. So thanks for, thanks for joining us, and, and we'll stay in touch. Awesome. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the Boulder City podcast. Special thanks to Boulder City Social for helping to disseminate the episodes. If you know anyone in Boulder City that might be an interesting and informative guest on the podcast, email me at rogergross at comcast.net and we'll try to get them on. Until then, we'll see you next time on the Boulder City Podcast. Podcast.